Alright guys, welcome to Short Story Long. My name is Sam Derrickson, joined by my co-host Andrew Dial. How's it going guys? This is the podcast where we share the work and play of working class Midwestern millennials. So thanks for joining us guys. Uh, we're just going to go ahead and get this started. So I am a Snap-on dealer here out of Effingham, Illinois, and uh, for a while now, I've uh, been a pretty avid consumer of podcasts, uh, just doing my normal day-to-day routine of driving down the road, uh, and I think I speak for Andrew as well as kind of the same story. Is that true? That's right. Um, like I say, my name's Andrew Dial, and I... Uh... I own a business that sells promotional advertising as well as a metal fabrication business. And uh, I too, you know, driving around or in the shop, listen to a lot of podcasts and Sam come up with an idea one day that we just need to do this. And I kind of blew him off and he kept running with the idea. And before I know it, we've got equipment. So here we are. So, yeah, I mean, the whole idea of this podcast basically um, is to be entertaining, obviously. I get a lot of entertainment from different podcasts that I listen to, and uh, I just kind of want to give back to that community, be a part of the community of you know broadcasting professionals and in not such a professional way. Uh, the name, Short Story Long, comes from my uncanny ability to make literally any story into an hour-long ordeal. Uh, so that's kind of where the name came from. Basically, we're just going to pick a topic and talk about it at length and hopefully find it a little bit entertaining. So uh, that's kind of what we're doing here. Um, Dozer, how did we meet? Well, I guess we could get into into that. So my first vehicle was a Jeep, and I kind of got into Jeeps because my dad had a Jeep when he was growing up, and every boy wants to be like his dad. Well, I wasn't allowed to have a Wrangler because those were dangerous. Very, yes. Yeah, dangerous. They could roll, you know. Yeah. So anyway, I uh, got a Jeep Cherokee and, of course, lifted it and kind of gotten off-roading and joined this great site called Pirate 4x4, which a lot of you kids may not even know these days. So that was back when the internet was young. Yes, small uh, internet. Before Facebook, actually, a lot of social media... Forums were the only source of information for most people to learn about whatever particular hobby. And the only way you could find out, you know, how do I put this lift kit on? What accessories do I need? Was to talk to other people on the internet that had done it and posted on this forum. And uh, I think both of us were a member of this forum. I had a Wrangler, one of those dangerous Wranglers. (laughs) That <laughs> your dad didn't love you as much as my dad loved that's, me. That's, I guess. that's right. My dad actually <laughs> helped me buy it. And uh, so mine was a more of a mud truck setup than what I want to do, which was more of the trail ride, rock crawl type of scene. And uh, I spent lots of hours on Pirate Four by Four trying to figure out what what could I do to make this more capable for what I wanted to do. Because you had plenty of room for improvement. There, there was vast, vast room for improvement. And uh, so that ultimately led to me to uh, this gentleman named Dozer underscore XJ. And he was in a town 30 miles away from me. I grew up in Mattoon. 
And uh, there was a Jeep club, actually, <laughs> in, in Effingham that uh, I thought, well, heck, I could be a part of this. And I think, uh, you correct me if I'm wrong, you still remind me of the first question I think I ever asked you about my cousin. <laughs> well, let's hold off on that. Let's get to that. Let's circle back. Okay, we'll circle say. back. So... so Go ahead. Is what I wanted to say is uh, we started, somebody in town started the Effingham Jeep Club, and it was kind of a drive your Jeep to the bar type deal. And a bunch of off-road guys like Randy Dawsonbrock, Rick Dawsonbrock, uh, Nate Thompson, they all got in there and it kind of became more of an off-road club. And I and we we went legitimate and got incorporated, got lawyers involved. You know, we had we had all the paperwork done that the club was a not-for-profit. We <clears throat> filed taxes on the club. So part of that is we had to have rules. So one of the rules was you had to have a valid driver's license. And the first thing, I think we went to a trip to Badlands and like advertised that the FNM Jeep Club was going to Badlands and Sam, uh, and his family wheeled together, his uncle and his cousin, and we ran into him at the campground at the Badlands. And what was the first thing you ever said to me in person? In in person, I think I said, you know, I am, I think my username was funk underscore 1964, <laughs> yeah. which was probably a red flag for Dozer. Uh, and the first thing I asked him was, hey... Can my cousin be in your Jeep club if he doesn't have a driver's license? Uh, through some legal trouble for a little while there, my cousin was without a driver's license, but he had a Jeep, and I thought, hey, man, he can be in the Jeep club, and I'm sure that uh, didn't... I had no idea what to say to that. <laughs> was... I immediately wished I was not part of that Jeep club at that immediate point. <laughs> but uh, I guess it goes back to the rest is history. Um the Jeep Club is no more. Um, I think it's still a Facebook group, maybe, but that's about it. We dissolved the corporation and and all that. But I ended up I was the vice president of it and ran the internet or ran the website on it. But but anyway, um, I started spent a lot of time in Effingham and met Dozer's whole family and group of friends and. Oh, I guess we should tell my nickname is Dozer, by the way. Well, if you haven't picked up on that yet, his nickname is Dozer. When I was playing kickball in second grade, I was always a bigger kid. And uh, someone was trying to stop me from going home uh, <laughs> and scoring a run. And they tried to block me. And I ran them over. And they used to call me Bulldozer. And I hated it because they said it to make fun of me. And it just kind of stuck, turned into Dozer. And everybody calls me that. Grandparents family, friends, people, you know, used to call the house in high schools. Dozer there? Father-in-law. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I dated a girl in high school. Her parents never even knew my real name, I don't think. <laughs> I still don't. Uh, I, I, her, I legitimately, I think her dad thought my name was Matthew. Because <laughs> he would call me Matthew every now and again. I'm just like, I'll leave it. I'll let it run. So, so yeah. So, basically, uh, started hanging out a lot in Effingham and eventually... Uh, moved to Effingham, and I guess that's a whole nother backstory that we don't need to get into. But uh, that's kind of how we met, and our friendship's just kind of grown from there ever since. 
Um, I was in college at the time, and I believe Sam was working at Animat in a factory. So yeah, I worked. I worked in Matt Toon at a factory, and I was just kind of a dirt ball, low life piece of crap. And uh, I learned a lot from the culture here in Effingham is way different than Matt Toon. And I think over the course of ten or more years, I grew a lot as a person. And um, not to get all sappy or anything, <laughs> but I mean, a lot, a lot of my life would never have happened without pirate four by four and andrew dial dozer you know that's so that's kind of crazy to say out loud. i mean pirate it is four by four got me where i need pirate to go. four by four changed my life so uh i i guess since we're on the topic um working at a factory um i'm lazy by nature and i witnessed that the maintenance personnel seemed to just drink coffee and bs all day and i thought that's a job i can do so uh there was an opening that came up i put in for it got it and uh, part of the duties of the maintenance uh, personnel was actually doing some light machine work. Found out I had a passion for that. Fast forward, uh, got a job in Effingham at Versatech doing machine work and was there for a few years and ended up finding a job with Snap-on and uh, been driving a Snap-on truck ever since. And uh, honestly, I can't say that I'd like to do anything else. So that's kind of my employment story. Does you want to talk about yours? Yeah, we planned on talking about our uh, background before we got into how we met each other, but we're new here and we just went right into it. But I was born and raised in Effingham, uh, married my high school sweetheart. Uh, we have two kids together and two businesses together. Uh I guess that's the long story short. I'm used to, you know, most of my family living within bike riding distance of me and uh, kind of left for a while, did uh, coal mining in Southern Illinois, coal mining in uh, Wyoming. And when I was out in Wyoming, somebody asked me, hey, like, what's your parents do for a living? And I told them, you know, my dad owns a business that sells promotional products. And they said, well, why don't you work for your dad? And like, at that point, like, I'd never even considered it. You know, I, I could probably go show you where I was standing when that person asked me that. Like, it hit me that hard. But I always wanted to do mechanical engineering because I wanted to learn how to work on Jeeps. I wanted to design Jeep parts. I got into mechanical engineering was and mining was super hot at that time. This was probably around 2008, 2009. So... This is probably getting into a tangent, but in the 80s, mining took a really hard hit, I think. So nobody went to school for mining in the 80s and 90s. So fast forward to the mid-2000s, all the mining engineers were retiring. There was a huge void left. So all my friends I went to high school with that went down there for engineering went to mining engineering. And I was doing mechanical, and, you know, these guys are playing with dynamite and bulldozers and dump trucks. And I was like, I got to get in on this. But I just literally, thanks to Pirate 4i4, I could not focus at school. <laughs> All I cared about the Jeep went home on the weekends and did Jeeps. So I switched. I went from making C's and D's in engineering, switched to marketing, and I was on Dean's List every semester. And it was kind of funny because, you know, when you're in engineering, Everybody's just like, oh, I just, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do this. I'm gonna have to switch to, to business. I'm gonna have to switch to business school. Then you go to business school and you got the kids like 
uh, I don't think I can do this. I think I'm going to have to switch to recreation. It's like, <laughs> it's like you, this is super easy compared to engineering. You know, we were doing like computer programming and I think it took the calculus three and I think there's a class called derivatives I maybe have got to. I don't know. I, I, it, it was, I couldn't do any calculus to this day, but irregardless, switched to marketing and went and worked for my dad for probably 10 years selling promotional advertising. And then me and my wife during COVID started a metal business. So we ended up, uh, getting going on that and I left to help her for a while and then we got an opportunity to take over my dad's business and now we're kind of doing both so that's where we're at with two kids two businesses either really smart or stupid I'm not sure it's you know it's funny to think where where life takes you like I said you know pirate four by four shaped what I did and you know your your schooling shaped what you did um I never went to school to speak of past high school I took a couple college courses that didn't amount to anything decided it was definitely not for me um but one thing is you know someone who's thinking about you know should i go to school there's so many different opportunities for you that don't require any schooling and i'm not saying schooling is a bad thing but obviously in your current role with jedco you use a lot of your schooling as part of your day-to-day operation, I would I would assume. I would say some, yeah. The accounting classes kind of gives you an idea and your finance classes. and <clears throat> I, I could probably have done it, especially at the internet. You can learn so much on the internet. I mean, the whole metal business, I learned everything on the internet, maybe except for a little welding when I worked at the welding shop. Um, I could have probably done it without it. It probably did help, but... I'm sure my parents paid fifty to sixty thousand dollars for that experience. I'm not sure if it helped that much, but did play a lot of beer pong though. Yes, I was the reigning champion at Edward Forty Hands a few times. So, so thirty thirty eight minutes, if anybody's counting. <laughs> so that I mean that is that is a force to be reckoned with. That is, uh, I think in our younger years we played a lot of drinking games, and I don't think anybody dominated either shotgunning a beer or circle of death more than Dozer did. So, I don't know if that's good or bad. but It's not necessarily bad. I mean, I don't know if you'd put it on your resume, but uh, it's definitely not bad. So um, part of a, like, kind of a satire thing, the whole first stint of the Dozer at Jedco work, um, we call him a ballpoint pen salesman because a big portion of promotional marketing is ballpoint pins. I mean, everyone has either a hat or a pin with their business name on it. Right. If not, you're a loser. <laughs> exactly. So take that to heart. But uh, no, I mean, write that down. So I, we just kind of <clears throat> joke at his profession is, is selling ballpoint pins, kind of oversimplifying what he does is, is ballpoint pin salesmanship. So, and there's a, uh, there's a, uh, convention in Las Vegas, the PPAI show, and uh, I think I called it the the ballpoint pin convention or something. I'm pretty sure you were pretty butthurt about that. I remember being butthurt for some reason. I don't know why. <clears throat> so uh, like, how dare you? This is a billion dollar industry. <laughs> so basically, don't give a damn. Um, but yeah, so. 
what what is the number one question that people ask you about promotional products or in your day-to-day life or or better yet what is your least favorite question in your profession that you have to answer all the time probably i actually talked about this today with my wife who uh, works with me at both businesses i think my least favorite question is what's new everybody always wants what's new what's new and like i guess i'm too close to the forest to see the trees because to me like nothing's new but the salesman that was in there today she's like you know you answer that question is what's new is anything you haven't bought yet that's actually a good response because I get asked I that, that a was lot. Good. That is good. Um, I'm gonna have to use that one because that's a huge question asked all the time: is what's new, Snappy, or what's you know what's the deal of the day? Yeah. Like um, anything you've not bought yet. Exactly. I'll make and, you a deal. And I will bud. say I'm more passionate about the. Uh, um, I'm more passionate about the metal business than the promotional business, so I stay a little more up to date on tools and new things in the metal business so you know the promotional business i'm maybe not necessarily on the cutting edge and people what's new like you know i I don't know tribal shirts i'm not sure (laughs) (laughs) so i guess one could say there's not a heck of a lot that's super sexy about promotional products i mean kind of like like you just said like it's it's almost a joke at some point like you know what what's the new thing like oh you've got to see these new polos they they've got a shirt pocket that you would just blow your mind (laughs) so what what do you get asked a lot sam so aside from the you know what's new i guess not i don't know if it's a question or a statement but the the warranty that snap-on tools carry for a large portion of the line um, is typically mistaken for everything that we sell. So, I mean, a guy will have a electric drill from 15 years ago that just randomly stopped working, and he's just so completely upset that it doesn't have a lifetime. Well, what do you mean? It says snap-on. And uh, so I, I have to deal with that quite a bit. And, um, you know, what do you mean it's not warranted? You know, I bought this. 25 years ago and and it, it, i don't want to be one of those snap-on dealers who's just super picky about stuff because so, i mean some are but i mean if you read in the actual you know black and white of the warranty it's against manufacturer defects for as long as the original purchaser owns the tool so i mean just because you used your screwdriver to pry open a brake caliper or something silly like that and the tip breaks off of it, that's not a manufacturer's defect, you know. So there's a lot of give and take in that and, and I try to do what I can and, and I use the golden rule whenever whenever possible. You know, if I was in this mechanic situation, would I want that particular service? And typically the answer is yes. And uh a lot of it's give and take. I mean, if you treat me good, I treat you good. So I guess my number one most asked question is, is this warrantied or is that warrantied? So that's what I deal with. And that was a glimpse into short story long. Yes, <laughs> that, that's why we call it uh, short story long because... And I do want to circle back to how we met. So <clears throat> Sam used to be the friend that I would warn people before I introduced him. So Sam's a little much, you know, once you get to used to, used to him, he's a good guy, but 
Sam Sam couldn't read the room. He was kind of loud, loud, and he would say what was on his mind. And that's what I always liked about Sam is you never had to worry about you never had to worry about what he was thinking. You know, you never had to think. You know, you just knew what he was thinking, and he would be loud. He'd be loud in a situation he shouldn't have been loud in. <clears throat> and I remember uh, one of our mutual friends, Cody. When I first met him, I was like, all right, like, this is my buddy Sam. Like, he's going to be noisy, you know what I mean? Like, just give him a chance, you know? And and uh, actually, to this day, Sam is still in his phone as Sam, Dozer's friend. That's right. That's right. And but, I'm actually in Dozer's phone as Sam YJ. Yeah. So. <laughs> Based off of what he drove. Yeah, that, that was my first off-road rig was a YJ. So, yeah. But we got him whipped into shape. Yeah, yeah. He used to be super fat, and and uh, no, I'm just a little fat. He lost, yeah, and we got him into some dress clothes and took him to a wedding. And he danced with some girls, and and uh, you know the rest is history. Yeah, so, never looked back after that. Yeah, I'm still fat, but we'll see what we can do. Actually, when he lost all his weight, they actually drug tested him at Anabet, thinking he was true. on drugs. This is true. This is true, and uh, it didn't help that you're going around telling everybody that you were doing drugs to lose weight. Well, I mean, that goes back to me being, quote unquote, a little much. Um, yeah, I... Uh, Extras, the kids call it these days. Yeah, I'm not sure what the kids call it these days, but uh, I consumed a unhealthy amount of internet memes, and a lot of things I thought were funny, most people didn't think were funny. So, to me... Answering a question is, hey, Sam, how are you losing all this weight? Meth apparently is not the right <laughs> the answer, answer to most when you talk to HR at the plant. So, And uh, another thing about me and Sam meeting, and I'm not sure how to, to phrase this kindly, but I come from a, uh, um, you know, an upper middle class family, you know, have my mom and dad. I grew up in a big brick house at a, on a cul-de-sac. Parents drove brand new vehicles, you know. They call that white privilege. Okay. <laughs> Something Sam doesn't have, so we'll talk about that later. That's on an upcoming episode. <laughs> we'll have to table that for later. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I was always like, Sam, I'll come up to your house. I'll come up to your house. We'd be working on his Jeep. He Sam, nope, nope, nope. You can't come to my house. I'll come to your house. And I, I don't know. I probably knew Sam for two years before I seen his house. He's like, okay, you know, like, as, you know, I don't have a house like you do and all this. And, and, uh, anyway, I finally went and seen Sam's house. And I mean, it was, it wasn't as bad as I think he thought it was, but it was great. I mean, I thought I was uh, pretty unjudgmental on that. We were still friends. It, it was essentially a warehouse. It was a beer. No, no. I knew you when you were at the other house. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, never mind. That was. Not as bad a house as the one I moved into after that. <laughs> it, got, it got worse. It, it, did not, it did not get better. Um, no, so I guess since we're talking about it, uh, my parents divorced after I turned 18. And I think I called Dozer. I did. So I did, did some did, simple math. Did some simple math. Turns out. Uh, we're I'll, doing this first episode. Are we doing it? Yeah. I mean, why not? Okay. Um, so turns out. Uh, I was conceived out of wedlock. And, uh, so it I only took you 18 years to connect me, those dots. It only took me 18 years. And uh, I kind of took it personal that my parents divorced shortly after I turned 18. 
Um, well, and, you mostly blame Facebook. Well, I did blame Facebook, and that's and why I didn't get You would not get a, get a Facebook for. I did not get a Facebook because my mom played so much Farmville on Facebook <laughs> that her friends from Farmville convinced her to divorce <laughs> my dad. I was convinced of it. Yes, it was the, Facebook's fault. The bitches on Facebook. Yeah. So All uh, her coworkers on Facebook. Yeah, and and uh, so anyway, so <laughs> it turns out so. It turns out. <laughs> part of part your dad of, ever going to listen to this? I, I don't think so. I don't okay, know. turns out your dad's just difficult to live with. It, I I don't disagree. Um, he he's a difficult individual. I I, I get a lot Unique. of that from him. Um, so anyway, that was part of the reason I dropped out of the Lakeland courses I was in. Um, I went to work full time at Animat to support the household with the loss of an income, and um, we got kicked out of the house that I grew up in and we moved into this warehouse that I was getting ready to tell you about. Um, there's basically a big giant brick warehouse, uh, with two apartments upstairs and I lived in one and he lived in the other. And, um, I don't know how many years we lived like that before I finally moved to Effingham. It was a few years, but, uh, I was just living the white trash dream, working (laughs) in a factory, had a truck I couldn't afford. And it was, (laughs) It was awesome. I remember diesel fuel back then was so expensive. It took me an entire paycheck to use my Jeep to go somewhere. I mean, yes. it, it was $350 in diesel fuel just to go to the Badlands for a weekend. And we didn't get to do much wheeling. And we yeah, it normally broke. We, uh, in we, fact, I had the saying, if we don't break, how do we know when we, it's time to go home? That's right. Um, and I mean, that just not to start a different episode, but I mean, we talk all the time about how we had it so great and we didn't even know it. I mean, we had, we were having the time of our lives, just completely oblivious to the Responsibility world. Responsibility free. Yeah. I mean, no wife, no kids had a job that paid for gas and beer and that's all we needed. And I, I've heard that story from, from a lot of people, you know, a, maybe a generation older that, you know, talk about, just out of high school, how, how much fun they used to have. But, um, we talk, we talk fondly about the good old days, quote unquote, um, and all the fun times we had and all the crazy stuff we did. And I mean, I think everyone kind of has a story about whatever the good old days were, but I mean, arguably our lives are leaps and bounds better than they were. We just have different obligations and different problems now. Yeah. We've got it better, but different as well. Different but better. <clears throat> Do you remember what your first profile picture was on Facebook? Was it the, the sign of the tree? No, uh, no, I thought it was you with long hair. It may have been the sign of the tree. I thought it was you as a kid with long hair. So I did. I had long blonde hair. That I reached, guess we could check. Uh, that reached down to my buttocks. Um, and when I went to kindergarten, I never got a care cut my entire life when I went to kindergarten. All the kids made fun of me, called me a girl, whatever. I went home crying, and I think the very next week I got my hair cut off, and uh, I've had short hair ever since. But uh, I think that's what Dose was referring to as far as my uh, my first profile picture there. But uh, no, I was very reluctant to get Facebook in the beginning, and I think once I pulled the trigger and got Facebook, I think I was kind of like... It was the sign in the tree. It was the sign in the tree. So uh, for those of you who are obviously listening, it's a, just a random sign that was nailed to a tree that the tree grew over, and I took a picture of it, 
and I took that as my profile picture because, again, remember, I was super against Facebook, and I didn't want the government knowing what my face looked like, and I didn't <laughs> want my face on Facebook, even though that's what it was called. And uh, once I finally warmed up to it and adopted the Facebook kind of stuff, I think I was more of a Facebook <laughs> Uh, connoisseur, connoisseur, consumer. consumer. Yeah, I mean, I, I ever would, thought you would be. Yeah, I was on it twenty four seven. You and your cell phone with the with the keyboard. I had, I did. I had an LG NV two that the screen was like a normal cell phone, and then like the whole thing slid sideways. There's a full keyboard in there um, because I mean, how can you text without a full keyboard? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm very much a boomer, as the kids call it, <laughs> uh, in my uh, lack of technical skill so um yeah enough about me well uh, let's circle back to the show so you know we kind of wanted to do this show and and uh what what's our we came up with a mission statement so this was sam's whole idea was a show and we kind of worked together to pick the name out and like some people say in in podcasts you got one person that really wants to do it and the other person is like barely wants to do it so i'll credit sam with really want to do it and i'm just here to you know i've done no leg work and sam's like bought the equipment and done the research on how to get this published he's like when are we doing this i'm like i don't ever want to do this but <laughs> anyway here we are here we are but, yeah. but what's our mission statement so the mission statement is to share the work and play of working class midwestern millennials right so me and sam you know we're into off-roading razors jeeps we're into shooting guns, collecting guns, old cars, working on old cars, driving old cars, you know, collecting old cars, uh, just your average two middle-aged white guy hobbies, you know, Sam smoked, smokes meats. I'm not, not into that hobby yet, but you know, that's something I've been resisting. It's, it's, but, he's, he's on the, uh resistance scale of like i was on facebook because he just knows that it's <laughs> it'll a black be a bl- hole it'll be a rabbit hole and uh, like before you know it you're checking your meat and your underwear at three in the morning you know and, and that's that's right and going to the store and spending your paycheck on pork butts and so stuff. so full disclosure i have a strict time limit of three hours as far as meal prep goes so if the if the if the piece of meat calls for more than three hours on the smoker i'm out i i that is the extreme limit of my attention span so um that's maybe maybe i'll get there one day when i'm a little older and wiser maybe i don't know but uh, i'm not there right now so um and then uh with uh me owning a few businesses and and sam being a pre you know professional salesman and we both side hustle we have friends who who own businesses and and have the hustle you know we probably will talk time to time about you know, business stuff, hustling, side hustles, uh, stuff like that as well. So we're just going to talk about a little of everything. Yeah, I think uh, I think we're kind of your average slice of, you know, Americana in that we enjoy a lot of things and we are in a lot of things. Um, not that our insights or experiences are in any way more valid or carry any more weight than anybody else's, but... I think we've both done a lot and seen a lot and we have a network of friends that have um one of my favorite things about selling Snap-on is I have access to an expert in just about anything. I mean, if I need to know about 
a particular vehicle. I'm, I can find a guy who knows everything there is to know about that vehicle or, you know, landscaping or, you know, aviation or, or whatever. I've, I've got a network of people that I can connect with. And I think it's that way for, for Dozer as well. He's got colleagues in his business that he can bounce a lot of ideas off of. We mentioned our friend Cody earlier. Uh, that's Cody Willenberg who owns CW Motorsports. And Momentum Fab and multiple and other businesses. CPW rental properties and tire spine and so so he is a uh entrepreneur on another scale and we could probably do a whole podcast episode yes. just about him. Um and we may even have him as a guest on the podcast one of these days. But uh I think we'll be able to, you know, speak into different portions of you know multiple different areas of life. Um I think I'd like to do an entire show just about our classic cars and our collections and, and stuff we've had. I mean, I could do a whole episode just by myself of vehicles I've owned. Yes. I've owned 45. So I'm, I'm not quite there yet. I am at four. Uh, what do we decide? Like 41 or something. I'm, I'm a few behind. And yeah. I'm, uh, those, I think we're the rookie numbers. You got to get, those. I, I think, I think we're <laughs> in a little, uh, kind of a, uh, gentleman's quarrel there about, uh, where we end up, I guess. He who dies with the most toys uh, is the winner, I think, is how that goes. Sam did say you can't be a car collector by selling stuff, and I have a bad habit. I'm, I'm a love them and leave them guy. i got to sell this the first one to buy the next one. So he's we, we kind of make fun of him uh, that he tends to lose money on every car <laughs> deal he does. And um, going back to side hustle, I try to make money on every car deal, and I try to be in something at least at or under value as, as much as I can. Um, just because I'm kind of a cheap, butt at, <laughs> to just to break it down, I don't like paying retail for anything. So, uh, you know, like right. Per- perfect example at this exact moment, I have a, probably one of the nicer vehicles I've ever owned, a Jeep Cherokee with a Hemi in it that I bought with some issues. And I'm arguably spending what it would cost to just go buy one um, in order to make it something that would be good to drive. And uh, it just adds to one of the, the projects that, that uh, I've got. But anyway, that's kind of how I do things. Uh, the most difficult and regularly lengthy, lengthy process imaginable. Uh, but Hey, that's what adds spice to life. So, um, anyway, yeah. So again, the short story, long podcast, uh, we just want to entertain. That's, that's kind of what we're here to do. Um, we got a ton of ideas we want to kick around and, uh, and like my most common question I get when I tell people we're, we are going to do this is, well, who's going to listen to that? Or what are you going to talk about? And uh, we're not really sure yet. I think we're just going to kind of put some feelers out there, talk about our life. Uh, we've got some ideas for episodes uh, we've got some ideas for <clears throat> parts of episodes uh, where we're going to cruise the internet, look at crazy stuff and talk about it. And, and we'll just see, you know, whatever, whatever pinches a nerve for you guys, whatever we get feedback on. If we get an episode, gets a lot of views, a lot of shares, uh, we may go that direction with it. Uh, I know as a podcast consumer myself, I, I look for value and I don't just listen to podcasts usually just for strict entertainment i like to be inspired i like to be educated um i like to be i do like to be entertained but also maybe gain some knowledge so uh we'll maybe just try a bunch of different things and and 
whenever we strike a nerve, we might head that direction. So we, uh, we actually set up a Gmail account. So if you would like to give us our feedback, we'd be more than happy to receive it. And that email is ask ask short story long at gmail.com. So simple enough, uh, just drop us a line and you know, we'll I mean, maybe read your, uh, email alive on the air for our seven listeners that we hope to <laughs> yeah. one day gain. So, um, thanks for joining us guys. And, uh, check out our Facebook page and our we, Instagram. We don't have yet. We're <laughs> we, going to, we're going to have it. So uh, thanks for joining us guys. All right. We'll see you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still the fucking Eagle Double G. No, go.